This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Ott, along with Wes Reynolds and Veasan here in the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, you can't get any better than this. Perfect three and zero for Wes. He had the Jets Green Bay under forty five and a half with room to spare twenty seven to ten. And boy, it's an old gambler's uh, the total series. Man, ever turned touchdowns hard to keep it under. They had one of those, uh, and still. Uh, went under by eight and a half points. And then primetime, West Sunday night, Philly minus six, hits, and then Denver plus five and a half, another masterpiece for the Broncos on primetime TV. 3-0, and West outstanding work. Yeah, hopefully we can keep it going. Uh, got a little bit for it. It got a little dicey with Philadelphia because I, I had uh, – that was probably my most confident bet of the week last week was Philadelphia, but just because I thought all the hype with Dallas and – you know, Cooper Rush and credit to Cooper Rush. You know, he's doing what they told, you know, what they've asked him to do is just manage the game. Don't mess it up. But he's been kind of lucky. Some of those near interceptions have been dropped. And I was like, well, this team, the Eagles, is one of the top teams in the league. They're not going to drop him. And then it looked like they were going to run him out. And then they kind of fell asleep in the third quarter and Dallas got back within the game. But, you know, sometimes in the NFL, Jimmy, you get these like what I would call public underdogs and public underdogs can get sent to animal control. And those are not the ones that you necessarily want to be on. And Dallas was one of them, almost got inside the number, but Philly hang on at the end. Yeah, a couple of field goals on Sunday uh, could have played a big difference. Uh, the Dallas uh, long field goal, and it wasn't at the end of the game, but the Chiefs-Harrison-Butker field goal uh, in the second half, pretty deep into the second half, would have uh, helped uh, cover for Kansas City as well. Speaking of the Denver Broncos, they got four picks uh, for us this week. Uh, they host the New York Jets, the New York teams. Yes. Boy, when anything gets cooking in the number one media market, well, mm-hmm. it's, it has a tendency to get overblown a little bit. But anyway, the Jets have at least taken advantage of all their uh, draft assets, and they are better, no doubt. How about Sauce Gardner? Has not allowed a touchdown in the pros, in college, and in high school. Not bad. Russell Wilson, what's the, uh, what's the, uh, um, the prop that he'll uh, beat Sauce Gardner for a touchdown? It's got to be pretty high. But the Broncos back home. A minus one against the Jets is the focus of your first pick. Yeah, and uh, and there's some pick them out there as well with the uh, with the Denver Broncos. And I'm going to go back on them. I was on them last week. It was an ugly performance. We know offensively that, that they are awful. They have the fewest touchdown scores in the league. I think going into the uh, Monday night game against the Chargers, they were at like 21.7% touchdown rate in the red zone, which is by far the worst in the NFL. That's unsustainable, though. Eventually, that has got to go up. I don't know how much it's going to go up, though, because 
the Denver offense. They just they just haven't had it. I think the quarterback and the coach and the rest of the team aren't on the same page. Denver, like many teams in the league, they have offensive line injuries. But I look at the defense, Jimmy, and they're second in DVOA and they're first in pass defense. And there's a reason why their unders are five and one on the season. I said that they have the fewest touchdowns scored. They also have the fewest touchdowns allowed. So this defense, I think, has absolutely held up its end of the bargain for the Denver Broncos. And now you're getting a Jets team that's kind of feeling themselves a little bit. They go to Lambeau and they win by 17 over Green Bay. And Green Bay may have their own issues that they have to work out. But all of a sudden, you're right. The New York media market, you know, when a team starts to win, you know, they get kind of hyped. And it's like, okay, we're back, baby. The Jets, 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 Fireman Ed in the stands there (laughs) getting all hyped. But yeah, I think that this is a tough trip. It's, it's always a tough trip to Denver because of the altitude. I still think, even though their team doesn't appear to be very good through the first six weeks of the season, I often think that that's one of the better home field advantages in the National Football League. And you get the Jets going out there. And look, no surprise that you're seeing the Jets really get the money here. I think this opened, uh, or the look ahead was three and a half. This is a big adjustment. I think that you are going to see some picks out there in the market very shortly and I think that this is the bottom really to buy the Denver Broncos here against the Jets team that's kind of feeling itself against the Denver team that you know the narrative's starting to be out there I think Jimmy is Russell Wilson cooked so to speak he's not cooking he's been cooked it seems like so far but I I mean I I don't think that maybe Denver looks as bad as, as they appear I think their offense clearly is out of sync but this is the bottom where you're getting a really good home field and you're getting a team that's not used to success. And when you get a team that gets like a win streak and has won a couple games in a row and they're not used to success, all of a sudden they get into that spot and they kind of lay an egg here. So I think this is the time to get in on the Broncos. And no doubt uh, the Jets are more of the popular team right now, even in a cover on Monday night. Uh, the confidence level in Denver, not real strong. We'll stay with the theme and sort of the, the Big Apple fade, and we'll go to the Giants. The Giants, uh, hey, man, they're winning again. Packers and the Ravens, back-to-back. That's pretty doggone good. Those are well-run organizations, and those are good teams that are expected to be uh, in the postseason. We'll see if they don't make it, but still, that's a nice one-two punch. Uh, both come from behind victories, both double-digit deficits in London and also back at Giant Stadium. Now they go to Jacksonville, uh, a tough luck loser in Indianapolis last week. Jags here are minus three, uh, 110 both ways at Bet Rivers over the 5-1 and one Giants. Yeah, this strikes me as an underdog that you're going to have a lot of the casual slash public, whatever you want to term it as, betters that are going to be on. And look, uh, the Giants uh, have been, I think, the sneaky team this season, and they've certainly been the early surprise. And look, I bet the season wins over at seven, but I didn't think that they were going to get out to five and one, but I thought that they were going to compete every single week. And look, in four of the five victories this year, Jimmy, the Giants have either been tied or or they've trailed in the fourth quarter. They were down 10 to the Ravens and end up getting the win 24 to 20. But if you look at that game and really go inside the numbers, Ravens absolutely dominated the game. And I and the Ravens were one of my bets last week that did lose personally. 406 to 238 was the yards advantage for the Ravens. Seven yards of play against 3.8 yards of play for the G-Men. So 
Look, uh, credit to Brian Dable. He's gotten them playing well. They're a lot more of a run-heavy team now. I think part and parcel because the receivers, the receiving core has been so injured for the Giants. And plus, you do have Saquon Barkley back. Daniel Jones, one of the things that we talked about early in the summer as we were previewing the season, this kid's got to turn the ball over a lot less. And so far, mission accomplished. But, you know, the Giants have had, I think, at least a fair share of luck. Jacksonville Maybe not so much. If you remember, they crushed the Chargers on the road in week three, 38 to 10. Then all of a sudden you got the, okay, Jacksonville is for real. You know, they're the best team in the AFC South. So what do they do? They go 14-0 lead on the road against the Sleepy Eagles team who was off a divisional road win over Washington and then get dominated the rest of the way. Got out, gained 401 to 219, lost the turnover battle 5-1. to It was a 29-21 Eagles win. And then Jacksonville, <coughs> I think, <clears throat> excuse me, looked like the uh, clear better side against Houston, who had not won a game. They outgained Houston 422 to 248, but they went 0 for 3 in the red zone. Uh, Lawrence threw that interception. Stingley, the rookie, was waiting on it. The man from LSU lost the turnover battle 2 to nothing and got beat 13 to 6 at home. Then last week, they jump out all over the Colts 14 to 3, but once again, lose the turnover battle. Trevor Lawrence gets sacked four times and Indianapolis gets the win at the end. So now you've got this three-game losing streak, and yet they're laying a field goal to a 5-1 and one team. Something looks a little fishy about that, but I think if you look just inside the numbers, Jacksonville, number nine in the league in rush DVOA per football outsider. So going to be a little bit easier, or a little bit tougher, I should say, for the Giants, really, to run the football here. And look, that's what you have to do. You have to force Daniel Jones to make a play. And... You know, he hasn't had to do that so far because the running game has been so efficient. The look-ahead line, by the way, was three on this game, and you haven't really seen any movement. I think it briefly moved down to two and a half on Monday and then right back to three. So it still could get under three as maybe more of the general betting public comes in here. But I think that that tells you that the market, at least some of the early market, the guys that bet this early in the week, I think that that tells you that they're a little bit lukewarm on the Giants. And I think this is kind of a lukewarm spot. I think most of the casual bettors are certainly going to buy in here when it's a five and one and a two and four and a Jacksonville team. It's like, how are the Jaguars favorite? Well, they were favored by seven points just two weeks ago. So give me the Jags laying the three. All right. Uh, a teaser now and a little day night teaser on Sunday. First of all, rematch in the AFC South. Tennessee went to Indianapolis and controlled the game for pretty much the entire time. They went on the road. These teams, that, that second game usually flips the other way. Maybe it's not the result, but it is the style of play. Uh, so Indianapolis may be coming in on uh, after a win against Jacksonville where Matt Ryan led the league in passing uh, this past weekend. Uh, they're catching two and a half in Nashville against Tennessee. Tennessee coming off of a bye. Going to tease that to plus eight and a half. And then Miami is minus seven at home against Pittsburgh. Uh, Tua expected to return. Uh, we'll see about the Steelers quarterback, whether it'll be Pickett or uh, or uh, Trubisky. Uh, Pickett started. Trubisky finished last week uh, for the Steelers in their win against the Bucks. So uh, you're looking at Miami, teasing it down to one. And in uh, the uh, Indianapolis, teasing it to plus eight and a half, Wes. Yeah, I'll start with Miami, and that's the Sunday night game. I really think it's, a. I don't want to say totally immaterial, but who is going to start uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Whoever it is, it's going to be a tough game going down there to Miami with Tua coming back. And look, Tua, I don't think he is fully there. I have not been a buyer nor a seller. I've been basically a holder 
on Tua in terms of his stock as an NFL quarterback. But I think that you can tell just watching the offense, he has the more of the capability to make the big play in the passing game down the field than does Teddy Bridgewater and certainly does Skylar Thompson. So, you know, it's kind of taken Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle a little bit out of the offense because Teddy Bridgewater is a work the field, dink and dump type guy. Skylar Thompson, obviously a seventh round pick out of Kansas State. Certainly, he is not advanced in terms of getting the ball down the down the field. So I think just him being back is going to be a key. And then I also look uh, Pittsburgh. All of a sudden, uh, they they beat Tampa Bay. I didn't have the best of the number. I'd already been on Pittsburgh, so I was kind of stuck. I was like, do I want to get out of this because of the injuries they had in the secondary? But Tampa Bay just looking a little off offensively. You know, is Tom Brady still engaged? Uh, going to his old owner's wedding the day before the game in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. the offensive line having some injuries. So, you know, this is not, I don't think, the best spot for Pittsburgh. So I'm willing to tease Miami down to one. And then you look at the Colts, that first game that they lost 24-17 to 17 that they never led. So the Titans controlled the game in, in the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy on the scoreboard, but they didn't really control the stats because if you look in the second half, the Titans did nothing. They, did, they got absolutely shut down in the second half. And I went back through the numbers here. Colts 5.8 yards of play, Titans 4.7. Colts had a 365 to 243 yard edge and really, you know, shut down the running game in the second half. It's just the Colts had three turnovers in that game. Now, they played their best half of football last week. And I think what they did, uh, and they were kind of by necessity not having Jonathan Taylor nor Naeem Himes. They had their number three and number four running backs. They let Matt Ryan throw the ball, and they did protect well. They protected a lot better uh, as they did some reshuffling on that offensive line. So, you know, maybe maybe the old man's got something left. But I think teasing this to eight and a half, especially when you've got a total at around 42, 42 and a half, so, you know, pretty much consensus in the market. Not every teaser through the three and the seven, those long teasers, not every teaser is created equal. Like, you know, when you've got a real high total in the 50s, obviously there's a lot less value than there is in the low 40s. So uh, tease the Colts up to eight and a half. And I may even bet that outright as well. I'd like to see a three appear. We've seen those disappear now down to two and a half. But I think the Colts are the right side here. Jim Irsay has spoken, I think, very candidly, you know, to his staff. Like, I'm tired of losing to the Titans. I'm tired of getting dominated in this division. They haven't won a division title in the uh, Chris Ballard-Frank Reich era up there in Indianapolis. 2014, last time they won a division title in the AFC South. So this is a big one. Certainly the boss man is treating this like it's a big one. Yeah, and I, I, I do like the bounce back in this uh, in this series uh, over the last few years. And I'm favoring uh, Indianapolis uh, as well uh, coming into this one. So uh, the the my, um, the Tennessee, um, sorry, the Miami Pittsburgh game is part of Wes's teaser. That's a Sunday night football game, and he's going back to another prime time game. Why not? And rematch the '85 Super Bowl, huh? Chicago mm-hmm. and England, New England wasn't much of a game down in New Orleans as. Uh, one of the best single seasons, uh, single seasons oh, yeah. I've ever seen. So Chicago moved the ball. They, it wasn't pretty, but damn it, the box score that, that they they should have won at least yes. according to the box score. But anyway, now they go to New England. Bailey Zappi is the uh, new quarterback for the New England Patriots, and he's doing a very nice job. So here the Patriots are eight and forty as we speak right now at Bet Rivers. 
Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, no uh, no fridge siding here for the Chicago <laughs> Bears because they could certainly use uh, a, a, at least another blocker on that offensive line, even though it's not all the offensive line. It's Justin Fields holding the ball too long, I think, uh, has been a, a big problem. He has, I think, like the second most time to throw in the league and still finding ways to get sacked. Got sacked five times last week. So you do look at the box score in terms of that Thursday night game, and you're absolutely right, Jimmy. 392 yards for the Bears, 5.7 a play. The Commanders, four yards a play. That muff punt really turned the game, uh, I think, for the Bears in the fourth quarter and allowed the Commanders to go ahead and escape with a win with a, with a quarterback that was obviously hurt in Carson Wentz, and now we know he's dealing with the thumb injury and a couple other injuries as well. But he was absolutely banged up, and yet they still figured out a way to lose. But, you know, I'm going to quote an old great philosopher here on the Bears and say the Bears are who we thought they were. They're a two and four team, and we thought that they were going to be a near bottom team in the league. That's and we talked about that over summer. That's who I bet at twelve to one to have the worst record. I certainly think that they're in prime contention for that. But I am going to go with them here uh, against the New England Patriots. I think that this is the absolute buy low spot when you get a team like that that looked very putrid. Even though the stats will say that they didn't. The bottom line is they only scored seven points and they got beat by a bad team at home in a game that the Chicago Bears should win over the Commanders. So now they're going to New England. And look, I like Bailey Zappi. I watch Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky. He made me some money betting overs on the Hilltoppers pretty much on a weekly basis on the college football card. And, uh, you know, he's done pretty well for himself, I think, so far and made a nice showing. However, you know, and we talked about that with the New York media and whatnot, when the mainstream media gets in the narrative, like, are they better with Bailey Zappi over Mac Jones? And maybe that's going to turn out to be true and a yes answer to that question. But that was the same thing that happened with Dallas. You know, can they go this far, make, make a playoff run with Cooper Rush? And when the media gets on that one narrative, I want to go the other way here. So, look, I think the Chicago Bears, the defense is, has been a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Now you're getting eight at New England. One thing to keep in mind, and this is one thing I'll recommend to betters, look at the market and look at the adjustments. You know, we talk about look-ahead lines, and we talk about, okay, why do lines adjust so much? Two weeks ago at this time, Jimmy, the uh, Patriots were laying three to the Lions. And now you're laying eight to the Bears. And I think most of us, (laughs) we might, uh, you know, grade the Lions a little bit higher than the Bears, but not that much higher. I mean, you know, they're bottom, they're bottom seven, eight teams in the National Football League. So it's like, okay, laying three to a very similar team in the same division, and now you're laying eight. I'll go ahead and dumpster dive here and take the eight with the Chicago Bears. Well, it's uh, it's the adjustment more on the New England side and also the perceived New England side, mm-hmm. as you talked about the narrative. And, I mean, the Bailey Zappi support is real. Uh, in the marketplace, so they uh, they have adjusted it very quickly. So four picks uh, this week, and we got Denver at home minus one against the Jets, Jacksonville minus three at home against the Giants. Uh, the teaser: Indianapolis plus eight and a half in Miami minus one, and then Monday Night Football: Chicago plus eight against New England. Three and a week last week for West, thirteen and six overall, and. At the quarter pole, he's got a head up front of Randy McKay at twelve and six right now. A couple of a uh, couple of thoroughbred handicappers right there. Very well done to this point. Good luck, Wes, for Wes Reynolds. I'm Jimmy Ott here at the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.